Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Today we have Tracy Bingaman. She is a fellow physician assistant. I was about to say PA from PA because she is from Pennsylvania, but she, <laughs> she's a physician assistant who works in plastic surgery and aesthetics. And Tracy has her own podcast and she's also a coach. She helps working moms achieve financial freedom. And she also does a lot of work with um, burned out working moms. So we have a lot in common mm. and I can't wait to dive into it. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And Tracy has her own story of going through burnout. So like so many of us who feel compelled to help other people, it's like we've been there ourselves. We've walked through burnout or, or whatever it is that we're helping others navigate their way through. So I want to hear your story. Where do you want to start, Tracy? Um, yeah, so um, probably the beginning is a reason <laughs> So I first, um, I've been a PA for about 10 years. I have loved my jobs in various different areas of medicine. Uh, this season where I walked through burnout, um, started a couple of years ago, I was working, um, on a high acuity inpatient team. I was a robotic surgery PA doing urology. Oh my gosh. That just sounds overwhelming. And so I should cool. point out you have five kids. I do have five entire humans that we are raising. Um, wow. so we have two full-time working parents. We have five kids uh, that range in age from 18 down to three. Uh, so that keeps us very busy and yeah. running. Um, and so I was working full-time and when I took that job full-time was manageable for me and it was probably about 40, 45 hours a week. And then slowly over the course of the next couple of years in that position, I started working more and more and more up to the point of like an average of 55 to 60 hours. And I didn't work weekends. So that yeah. looked like five, 12 hour days, some weeks. That's um, horrible. That's a job and a much. half. Like that's a full-time job plus a part-time job. Yes. It was way too much. And it definitely took me a long time to realize that that was not a sustainable or healthy amount for me to be working. Um, and so I started to kind of feel like this can't, this can't be how it's going to be for the next 30 years. There's got to be a better way. I cannot keep doing this. And that's the phrase I kept coming back to. I'd be talking to my girlfriends. I'd be talking to my husband. And mm -hmm. I would just say, I can't keep doing this. Um, and I had been saying that for a couple of months. And then I started to get sick, like 
physically ill. Gosh, um, that happens so often. Yes. And up until that point, other than repeatedly being pregnant and delivering, I had rarely missed work for illness. That was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I developed pneumonia and I had never had pneumonia before. Um, and I did what they said. I went home in bed. I took my antibiotics. I, um, tried to recover and went right back to work as soon as I was feeling better. And then I developed this autoimmune condition that I'm still mm-hmm. navigating. And it was just this combination of what my job was asking me to do and my lack of healthy, enforceable boundaries. So I'd always been someone who had said, yes, I can do that. Yes. I'd love, I loved working. I loved what I was mm-hmm. doing. And so I just said yes to a lot of things. Um, and you don't want to, so, di- I don't know if you were like me, but you don't want to disappoint people. You don't yeah. want to let them down. They're counting on you and you maybe talk yourself out of it. Like, well, somebody else could have this job. Anybody yeah. else would be grateful for this job. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was saying yes to a lot of things. I was like, recommending myself for leadership positions. I was joining committees. So even up into the point where I was (laughs) totally burned out professionally, like if my surgeons asked me to do something, I was like, sure, I'll have it to you by tomorrow. And they were like, tomorrow, when are you going to do it? And I was like, oh, I'm not sleeping at all. So like I, I had insomnia and like looking back, if I had been on the outside looking in, I would have said, Ooh, that woman over there is not healthy. (laughs) She's like about to burn out. She's about to crash and burn. But when I was walking through it, um, it was almost like I didn't have any distance to have the perspective to see that. And I was too busy to slow down long enough to realize it. Uh That's true. And so many of us who are high achievers, well, like yesterday we had a work meeting and we went over strength finder results and like nine out of the 10 providers had achiever in their top Mm -hmm. five. And I think Mm -hmm. that's so many of us, we just want to achieve and we don't look at what it's costing us. Did your husband notice that you were, I mean, did he point out like Tracy, you can't keep going like this. Yeah. And so definitely when it got to the point where I was sick and, you know, I think that stemmed from, I was exhausted. I was not sleeping when I did have the opportunity to sleep. You know, he would say things like you're not yourself, or it just really seems like you're overwhelmed. And he would ask me what he could do to help, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the tools or the perspective to be able to even ask for help. And at that season, I, now I would, but then I was like, it's just easier if I do it myself. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just going to like, do it wrong or slow me down. And those things are (laughs) incorrect. But at the time it felt like that was the only choice. Like I had painted myself into a corner and I was like, I can do all these things. I don't need help. Yeah, I don't, you know, I was just like, I'm going to do it really at the cost of my own health and wellness and sanity truly. Mm -hmm. So did you get to a point like a breaking point where it was very obvious you had to quit or cut back. Oh oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I, it was a stretch of a really busy week. I worked 
a 12 hour day in the OR. I was on call overnight. And so we would do a 16 hour call shift. So my call shift started before I was out of the operating room and ended as I was back at work the next day. Um, and we were getting at some points like 10 pages an hour. So people were calling constantly. Gosh. So I hadn't slept. I was in the ER overnight. I was on hour like 24 of a 36 hour stretch essentially. And my youngest, we have four boys and one girl and our youngest is the girl. Um, and I was on the phone with the hospital. I was on my computer. I was answering pages and she was, she just woke up for the morning. It was like 6 AM and she came toddling out to where I was. And she said, up mama, she wanted to sit on my lap and for me to snuggle her. And Mm -hmm. she was in her little pajamas and all warm and snuggly. She'd just woken up. Um, and I said, no, I was so stressed. I had so much to do. And I just said, I can't hold you right now. Um, and she, in her two-year-old wisdom looked me straight in the eye and said, mama, you're stupid. (laughs) And I like, I do not condone the use of those words with toddlers, but honestly, it was exactly what I needed to hear in that Mm -hmm. moment. Um, And I hung up the phone and I picked up my daughter and I started just sobbing because she was right. I was, I was stupid for sacrificing my health and my sanity and my relationships and my ability Mm -hmm. to show up well for my family at the altar of this healthcare system that was never going to love me back. Right. Yeah. Once you quit, they found somebody else to start working those hours. It was almost like your daughter slapped you. Like (laughs) she she had to get your attention. So what's the worst thing I can say to mom? Right. Yeah. You're stupid. And she meant it. Oh, she was like real mad. (laughs) She did not like that. I didn't pick her up. Well, once you had that aha moment, like how long did it, what happened next? How long did it take before you were able to actually change things? So Dan said to me that morning, um, you have to resign today. This is not sustainable. Oh my gosh. You have to resign today. <laughs> and I said to him, it's too busy to, I can't quit today. I don't have time <laughs> to quit today, which if you're feeling like that, you right. are burned out and overworked. Like yes. that is a symptom of too much work and not enough boundaries. Yeah. Um, so ultimately I said, I'm not going to quit today. I need a good night's sleep and you know, we need to talk about it before. Yeah. And I resigned one week later. Wow. Did you put in your notice or did you just say, I can't keep doing this? I put in my notice, my contract said 90 days. And so I put in my notice for 90 days and sort of said, I can do anything for 90 days. And they, they did end up releasing me early. Um, We kind of went back and forth and I did, I worked about four weeks after I resigned. Yeah. And did you have a backup plan? Because I know so many women who are feeling burned out. That's their biggest fear is that they'll jump off the cliff. There's nothing to catch them. They just crash and, you know, die. Yeah. So I, I did feel like I might crash and die Mm -hmm. and I flew instead, which is always a much better ending. (laughs) Um, So I did not have, I, it's the first time in my career. I have left a position without knowing what was coming next. Uh Uh-huh. I knew I didn't want to stay home. I did want to coach other women and walk with them through challenging situations and money matters and that kind of thing. But I also knew I didn't want to stop being a PA. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. ready to hang that up. Um, And 
but I, I had a per diem position with a plastic surgeon for a couple of years where I had covered his call in the emergency department. Mm. So I had an established, so my income didn't go to zero. Um, and before I quit, when, when it was really starting to heat up, when we were like, okay, something's got to give. And despite all of these conversations about boundaries, mm-hmm. I asked to work part-time. They said, no, like with every no that they said, when I tried to create a better balance for myself, every time they said, no, I came back to Dan and we said, okay, what if, mm-hmm. what if I have to quit? And we go six months to a year without any income from me. What if I get so sick that I can't work and I yeah. have to, you know, like, so we had run contingency plans and budgets on no income for me for up to a year and part-time income for me for up to a year. So we had looked at the numbers and we knew we were going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So it Are did- you, and you're a numbers person already. Oh like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Cause I'm not <laughs> Super nerdy. So yes, I love a good spreadsheet. And so I did, um, I did our monthly budget with no income from me. And when uh-huh. I told Dan, I'm, I might quit or I might go part-time and this is what our income would go to, or this is what I would be bringing in. He focused on, wow, that's a lot of money that we're not going to be making like, yeah. that was like your income. And I looked at the monthly budget and I said, but this is what our life would look like and feel like for the next year. If I, if, if I, I was pretty sure I was going to be able to get a job doing something else. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't, if no one would hire me, if I stayed home Mm -hmm. and even if we kept the kids in daycare, so what if I stayed home and ramped up a coaching business or just ran our household worked per diem, that kind of thing. And so we, we had looked at it. We knew we could make our bills. We knew we could keep the kids in daycare. We were going to have to slow down college savings temporarily, Mm -hmm. but we were willing, we said, Hey, my health and sanity and what I need to do for my own safety is more important than having aggressively funding college accounts for kids that are under six. That's right. And, and were you, um, already coaching people? Like you mentioned doing that on the side? No, that was just something I wanted to do. I had started to build like a social media platform. Mm -hmm. The podcast launched the week I resigned. Wow. So, <laughs> so was it just like a creative burst of energy or you'd already been daydreaming about that for a while? I had been, I had been planning and dreaming of having a show for probably six months to a year before okay. I actually published our first episodes. That's fun. Okay. So when you resigned, how did you feel? <laughs> so I, I felt so relieved and yeah. I, And part of me felt a little guilty because I loved my team of advanced practitioners and I loved my surgeons. And I felt like I had looked around and said, this ship is sinking and I'm about to go down with Mm. it. And I tried all these things to save it. And I was like, I think we can turn it around. I think we can turn it around. And eventually towards the end, Dan was like, you just have to jump off. Like yeah. they'll, they'll be fine or they won't be fine, but either way, it's not your job to save everyone. Mm-hmm. It's your job to save yourself. And so I had a little bit of guilt about that, but everyone's an adult and they get to make their own choices. Yes. And, um, but that night I resigned and that night I slept through the night for the first time in six months. Oh, your, your soul was singing. Yes. With joy. <laughs> yes. I just felt relieved. 
I love that. And it's, I've likened leaving a job to leaving a relationship. It's, you know, you can't save, like if your husband's, you know, a heavy drinker and addicted to that or whatever, you can't save the other person. Mm-mm. And just like you were trying to save your job and make it work. And, but it came to the point where you just had to leave for your yep. own self. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. You quit and then you had this per diem and for people who aren't in the medical field, you were basically filling in when this doctor would go out of town. Yeah. So I just covered his call when he was on for the emergency room. So I went in to fix unreferred plastics, like lacerations and that kind of thing. Gotcha. And so, okay. Tell me what happened next. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Yes. So I actually had been working with a coach at the time and she had done this exercise where if you draw a pie chart of your life, Uh um, you draw the circle and you divide it into how you're currently spending your time. Oh, I like it. And how you want to be spending your time. So you have a present and a future circle of pie chart. And so mine looked like work, like yell at my kids, like like sleep a couple hours, like be stressed (laughs) out. Like that's what my pie chart looked like when I was quitting. Um, And I drew one up that um, had me working less. It had me working on my coaching business more, um, spending more time having fun, being more intentional about spending time with my kids, like quality time, not just vegging near them. Um, and since I, since I drew that pie chart, I got a job working 32 hours a week, but for the same amount of pay as when I was working 60, um, my show just got its 12,000th download last week. Um, I started skiing again, something that I have loved since childhood, but just felt like I didn't have time for before. Um, I taught each of my little kids how to ski and I now intentionally have a one-on-one date with them. Every month I have a one-on-one date Uh with one of my kids and it's been some of the most fulfilling and engaged time with them that I've had. Um, So in the end, I went on to find, find a job in an office where I get to build my own practice. I have predictable hours and healthy boundaries. I have control of my schedule. That's Um, huge. It's so, it is so completely different than how I was feeling a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost like I'm a different person. Yeah. You've it. Well, it sounds like you've rediscovered who you were before you kind of, before maybe your external self betrayed your internal self or however you want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And so earlier we were talking before we started recording about what your friends thought when you, like what they would say when they heard that you'd made this big shift. Can you share that with us? Yeah. So I have a lot of friends who are moms in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And when I told them that I quit, everyone was just floored. Um, And I think they were surprised that I valued myself enough to walk away Um, which is a whole problem culturally and with the way that we see our own value. Um, and then the second thing that everyone started asking me is how, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're too young, you know, professionals, you have all of these kids and like, how can you afford to not work? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I started digging into them 
with like what we had done to set ourselves up for this, this moment we didn't know was coming, right. We didn't know this particular thing was going to happen. Um, but early on in our relationship and early in our marriage, we sat down and said, Hey, we don't want to owe anyone, any money ever. Mm -hmm. How can we get to the point where we don't have any payments to anyone ever again? Um, and so within the first three years of our marriage, we paid off all of our consumer debt, funded an emergency fund and paid off our home mortgage. Wow. Were y'all reading a book? Yeah. <laughs> Were you going through a program? Was it Dave Ramsey? Yeah. yeah. So we did Dave Ramsey, um, financial peace university. I had read that book as a young 20 year old uh -huh. professional. Um, and so when we started getting serious, I said to Dan, Hey, this is the plan I'm on, like get on board or this isn't going to work out. And so yeah. he diligently read the book and said, this seems great. Like, where do I sign up? And so we had a budget. We were really intentional. We definitely did a certain level of deprivation, which I don't necessarily coach mm -hmm. my clients to do. Um, but it worked for us because we could see the finish line when we started. So mm -hmm. we knew it was going to take less than three years. We knew we were going to say no to some stuff. And then we kept telling ourselves, well, for the next 60, we won't have any payments. So three years seemed very manageable, like, uh, held up against the rest of our lives mm -hmm. with way more margin. And it's not about having more money. It's about having more choices. Mm. Tell me about that. So for us, we didn't know I was going to get super burnt out and have to quit a job that was mm -hmm. making me sick, but we did know that life happens and that yeah. people, you know, lose jobs or get sick. And you never want to think about those things happening to you, but the reality of being a human being is that life is unpredictable. And mm -hmm. so you don't know what's coming. Um, and in my experience, the best way that I could feel comfortable with what was coming was to sort of like, some people will call it the ability to say F you, mm -hmm. like the, yeah. you know, like to whatever choice or situation is toxic, or even it doesn't have to be terrible. It can just be mediocre and no longer serving you. That is a, fr there's a freedom in that. Yes. That you can just say, this isn't working for me and that you don't you're not, you don't have to stay at your job because of the money. You don't have to stay at your mm -hmm. job because of the benefits and that you can walk away and be okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like everyone should quit their job tomorrow. Even if you can't feed your family in three weeks, nope, don't do that. But if you feel like you're trapped, if you feel yes. like your choices don't exist, um, how can you get to a point where you are able to take back the power in your own life? That makes so much sense. And, and a lot of that stems from money. So people say, I don't have enough time. I wish I could, but I can't afford it. And so people will say they don't have enough time and they don't have enough money to live uh -huh. the life of their dreams. But it turns out if you adjust your life now, you mm -hmm. make the time and you save the money to create the life of your dreams. And so that dream doesn't have to be a dream. That dream can be a destination if you're intentional about what you're doing today so that tomorrow and next year and 10 years from now look different. That's so true. But why do you think so many women can't 
let go of the way they're currently living. They can't let go of their um, always having a new vehicle or going on fancy vacations or whatever it is, having a cleaning lady. Sure. So I, I think that lifestyle is a lot like burnout in that it's, it sneaks up on you. So Mm -hmm. it's the way that things have always been. So it feels normal. And when you're looking around, a lot of other people are doing those things. And so we feel like we deserve it. And Mm -hmm. so we get in the habit of, of spending money on things that we like and enjoy. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we take a deeper look, those things that we like and enjoy don't align with what we say and feel is most important to us. Mm, That's true. So that goes back to that pie chart. Like how are you actually spending your time and your money? Yes. And are you being intentional about figuring out what matters most to you? Because almost every working mom, if you ask her, will say my kids, my family, spending time with my family is one of the most important things to me. And then when we, when I'm working with clients and we look through the calendar, they're saying, oh, I'm picking up extra shifts. I'm working more. I'm doing this because my kid wants to do travel soccer. And I'm like, so is travel soccer a priority for you? And she'll say, no, but it's something my kid wants to do. And my kids really matter to me, which is good. But when I, when we really dig in, she says, what really would make me feel better instead of working a 12 hour shift on a Saturday would be playing soccer with my son. Yeah. Instead of funding his travel soccer or finding a way that we can fund travel soccer. And he and I clean the house together on Saturday because we get rid of the cleaning lady. And that's good too. Yes. So it's just a mat. It's kind of like taking off the blinds, like your blinders and admitting it to yourself. Oh, that's so hard. I just felt like a little, like my toes were stepped on. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel that way. If I I look at my calendar, oh my gosh, you just like hit the nail on the head. And it's hard to do it because it's, it's, you have to be very diligent. If you're going to sit down and say, Hey, hope what's most important to you. And you are really going to dig deep and tell me what matters most to you. First, you have to strip away what your parents told you should matter, what society told you should matter, what you have created that you are consuming in your life, even though maybe it doesn't matter to you Mm -hmm. and really figure out what matters most to you. And then you have something that you can hold up each expense, each yes or no experience, each thing in your life and say, Hey, is this in alignment with what I know really matters most to me? Because so many of the things we're paying for are to make us look or feel a certain way or think that other people look and feel a certain way about us. Um, but when very few people, when you dive into what really matters to the most to them, what's your mission, what's your vision, what are your core values? Like I've had zero women ever say what my next door neighbor thinks about my car. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Is, the thing that matters most. And yet we're socking away money for leases because we also probably like a shiny car, but what, what if really matters to you is time with your family, freedom with your schedule, flexibility. Are you willing to drive an older car to get that? 
Mm-hmm. And that's up to you. No one can decide that, but you for yourself, because your life is unique. Your values are unique. Or is there a way that you can do both? Mm-hmm. You know, like, but if you're not looking, if you're like, la la la, it doesn't exist. Everything's okay. Um, I don't feel fulfilled. I feel overwhelmed. I don't like the way my life looks and feels right now, but it looks and feels like my neighbors. So that must be fine. Yes. Do you find that, you know, the people you hang out with align more with how you spend your time and money? Yeah. So, and I, and there's a lot of studies that show that as well, that we, for better or for worse, end up mimicking the habits and the mannerisms and the consumption habits and the spending Mm -hmm. habits and the income of the people that we spend time around, um, which is not to encourage you to go out and find richer friends, but rather, (laughs) you know, to just be intentional about who you're letting into that inner circle and what they're speaking into your life. Yeah. Did so, okay. Your friends at first were like, what are you thinking? Have you coached any of them into sort of coming over to your side, your way of seeing things? <laughs> yeah. So I have several friends that have been unofficial clients that I don't charge yeah. for life coaching, but that we have kind of regular chats. Um, and a lot of that comes down to like stripping down what you think you are Mm -hmm. and figuring out who you really are underneath. So when I am asked to introduce myself or any one of us, they say, Hey, you know, nice to meet you. What do you do? Mm -hmm. And you'll say, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a plastic surgery PA. I'm a runner. Um, and, and so those are a list of things that you do. That's what you Mm do. Um, but who are you is a conversation that I have a lot with clients and friends alike. Um, who are you and what matters most to you? Um, and when you start listing people that you serve and things that you do, you have to go deeper than that. So who Mm -hmm. are you as you're serving those people, as you're filling those roles and what matters to you? Mm-hmm. Cause you don't want to wait till you die or till you're 80 to look back mm-hmm. on your life and think about all of this. Yes. And I understand that as a busy mom, as someone who's working and running and doing all of these things, you're like, Oh sure. When am I going to have time to do this? Um, but what I say to that is like, can you really afford not to do it? I know that's so true because just- otherwise you're going to keep living out of alignment, which just feels crappy. It does. It does. You get sick. You have bad relation or your relationships suffer. Everything starts kind of going down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But I think you're right when you said so many women, especially will like cover their ears and la la la. I don't want to talk about it. Like that's, that's me with my budget and like, <laughs> you know, the Amazon shopping. And now I have auto bill pay. So I don't even look at, um, I don't even review my spending. I just kind of have a vague idea in my head, like, all right, here's how much I spend on this. Mm -hmm. But you're saying you kind of need to do a calendar audit, a checkbook audit or whatever, however you spend your money. Yeah. So we look deeply at how you spend your time and how you spend your money. And what we're looking for is not, um, not opportunities to make you feel deprived, um, but opportunities to make your calendar 
and your spending sync with your values. Um, Mm. So there's this big movement in the financial, personal finance world. Um, It's called values-based budgeting. And you can apply all those same principles to Mm values-based scheduling. You got to first figure out what you value. And then the act of budgeting doesn't feel like you're depriving yourself because as you build your budget, you're saying, I love to go out to eat. So that's not bad. That's something that I enjoy. And so we're going to put that, you know, we're going to pay our bills and all the things we need to live, um, get creative about reducing those as much as we're comfortable. And then we fund what matters most. And then when we get to the bottom of the list, if there are things that aren't getting funded, it's stuff that doesn't matter as much to us anyway. Mm -hmm. So it mimics how you naturally spend money because you're going to want to spend money on things that you enjoy. And it takes about three months to really get good at values-based budgeting at like not forgetting to put things in and figuring out how much to put in these categories. Mm. But once you get over that three month hump, you don't feel like it's hard anymore because Mm -hmm it's what you're naturally wanting to do anyway. Mm -hmm. It's like when you give up sugar or any, (laughs) after three months, you're like, I don't even miss it. Sure. Yeah. Do you meet with husbands too? Or because how do you get couples on the same page? Yeah. So I have found that moms and women primarily are doing the day-to-day managing of Mm -hmm. finances. in a lot of these homes, I will, when I'm coaching people, I will say like, if they're like, Hey, I tried this and this, and my spouse was just like Mm -hmm. not having it. We will do like a call with spouses, um, (laughs) you know, and, and that is a challenge. That's not, I'm not a marriage therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Money is one of those issues that can get in touches every area of your life. So, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you're, living entirely off the grid, making your own power, slaying your own chickens. And, and in which case you're probably not listening to this podcast because people who are off the grid don't tune in. Um, Money exists in everything that we do. And if you can reframe it as instead of money being thought of as these dollar bills that are coming and going or Mm -hmm. who has dollar bills anymore. So just like numbers on a screen, right? Yeah. Money comes into your bank account. You spend it at Amazon money comes into your bank account. You spend Mm -hmm. it wherever. Um, if you think of the money, like energy, um, like you expend energy at work and work gives you energy into the bank account. And then where do you want to push that out to in the world? Like, where do you want to put your energy and what matters most to you? And what is the benefit? Is it one more thing or is it an experience or is it like you mentioned earlier about like a house cleaner? Like I if we were like this Titanic was sinking and I was clinging to one budget item, it would be my lovely house cleaner. Like I would be like, no, we're going down and this house cleaner is coming with us. Like because that matters to me because I'd rather do this on a Saturday or spend time with my kids and clean the house. And so that's a high priority for me. But if it's something for someone else that they're like, oh, I don't mind cleaning. I actually kind of like it. Okay, great. Then we just found a couple hundred dollars of energy that you can funnel somewhere else into some Mm -hmm. area. Um, And that really, you want the energy to be flowing into things that make you feel good, that are Mm -hmm. blessings, and also that free you up to enjoy those blessings. So outsourcing is amazing. Yeah. And, 
and, and moms could be outsourcing more if we got more organized with not letting so much stuff kind of slip out, but like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I don't have enough time to really invest in these things. Like, well, let's, we can buy you some time. Yeah. Buy you some time by giving tasks to someone else. And if that's what you value and that's, what's going to give you peace, like, Mm -hmm. yes, go for it. None of those things are bad. But this makes so much sense. And I love how you call the inner, you call energy money because Mm. so often when we find ourselves stuck in this place and we're just like, I don't like where I am, but I don't know how to get to the other side because I don't even know where the other side is. Mm. It's about feeling stuck and energy is a big part of that. And money is a big part of the energy component. So, uh, and time. So both of those currencies. Yeah. And, and you can, you can earn more money, but you can't create more time. Mm. And a lot of us don't have a whole lot of bandwidth for earning more money. So being more diligent with the money that we already have Mm -hmm. can help you to take back control of your time so that you're more intentional about what you're doing and you're not flying by the seat of your pants, not feeling in control. And so there are money is not the root of any of the problems, but it can be the solution to giving you more balance Mm -hmm. and to having more peace and to feeling less stressed because it puts you back in the driver's seat of your own life. Getting control of your money gets Mm -hmm. you in control of your finances, gets you in control of your relationships. It helps you to create time and space because it gives you the choices to do what you want with the time that you have Mm -hmm. and to be more intentional. That this is so good. Tracy, you're a genius. Because <laughs> when I heard financial freedom, honestly, what I was thinking was like Dave Ramsey, pay off all your debt, but it's so much more freedom um, to do, to spend your life how you want to spend your life and to put importance on the things that you value. Yeah. And financial freedom, although like the textbook definition, you'll find something like that, like the ability to do whatever you want. Um really what I work with people about finding is financial wellness, where you feel good, where your finances are in a healthy place, where they're moving in a positive direction. And that's going to give you time freedom because no one really cares about financial freedom. They want to be able to do what they want with their time when they want to. Mm. Um, And money is the ticket to being able to do that. So you can adjust things so that you have more control of your money and it gives you more control of your time, which is something we're all craving. Yes. So you're in a good spot now. If you could go back and talk to Tracy when she was so burned out, what would you tell her? (laughs) I would tell her you're stupid. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So I would, you know, I, I think I would tell her you need to make time to listen to your body mm-hmm. and to, to tune into your intuition. Yeah. Because your body whispers things and your intuition kind of tugs at you. And if you are proclaiming loudly and far and wide that you are just too busy, just too overworked, if you're too loud in your own head saying that you can do all of the things Um, you will miss the whispers from your body. You will miss the tugs of your intuition. Um, and we, 
sometimes we even hear them and feel them. We, we know deep in our gut that it's not sustainable. We feel burned out and overworked and overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. and we still don't make a change. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would go back and tell myself from two years ago, don't wait until you hit complete failure. Don't Mm -hmm. wait until you're so beyond burned out that you're a shell of who you used to be. Um, I would say you need to make time to tune in to your body and your intuition and that you get to choose what your future looks like. You are not a victim of Mm -hmm. your circumstances. You, and it's not easy to get out. You have to make choices and changes and have hard conversations Mm -hmm. and create the energy that you want to bring to your life. But to remember that even if it feels like someone else is making all of the rules, Mm -hmm. you are still the master of your own life and you are your own best advocate and you know, your mind and your body and your spirit best. Mm -hmm. Um, you are the expert in you, regardless of there's an expert on every corner for everything, but there is only one expert in you. And that is you. So stop doubting your own intuition. Stop doubting what you know to be right. And if you're walking through a season that you don't feel healthy and wealthy and well and mm-hmm. prosperous, you're destined for all of those things. And there is peace on the other side of those hard conversations and difficult choices and walking away from something that can have a lot of positive attributes. Mm-hmm. But if it's burning you out and making you sick, it's not worth it. No, it's not. Yeah. And you'll, you'll, your future self will thank you. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> your future self will be like, why didn't we do this sooner? But thank you for yeah. getting there eventually. Mm-hmm. Well, tell our audience where they can find you and where they oh. can listen to your podcast. And Awesome. Yes. So my podcast is called Fulfilled the Podcast. And I talk about all things um, motherhood, money, marriage, working in medicine, and we have great interviews and there's two episodes a week, uh, these days. So you can find that anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Um, my favorite place to hang out on the internet is on Instagram. So you can find me, I'm at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman there, and I'm showing, all the things working motherhood. I try to give a real unfiltered view of what life looks like because no one is doing it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Even the people who are making it seem like they are, they're not. And so, you know, we're all figuring it out as we go. Um, So I'd love for you to join that community of women who are just keeping it real and saying, this is really hard and it's okay to be struggling during this season. Yeah. And y'all check out Tracy has some freebies too, that can help you start on this path. Absolutely. And I'll send you the link for those downloads. You can put it in the show notes. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I don't know about y'all, but I am ready to start making some changes. I am motivated. All right. Here's the take home points. Number one, be careful with the false thinking that it's easier if I just do it myself. Your body will eventually break down or get sick if you just keep saying yes to more and more and more. Number two, ask yourself if you're sacrificing your health, your relationships, and your joy at the altar of your career. Number three, if contemplating a job change, don't focus on the money that you could potentially lose out on. Focus instead on what your life might look like with regards to health, sanity, and family life if your job stress were eliminated from the equation. Number four, ask who you are 
and what matters most. Be intentional in how you allocate your time, money, and energy. Number five, think of money as energy instead of paper currency. By taking control of how you spend your money or your energy, you're putting yourself back in the driver's seat. Where do you want to put your energy? What matters most to you? Is it travel? Is it a clean house? Is it having a date with each kid once a week or once a month? It's not about having more money. It's about having more choices. And lastly, number six, listen to your body and tune in to your intuition. You get to choose your future. You're not a victim of your circumstances. You may have to have hard conversations and make difficult choices, but you're still the master of your own life. You are the only expert on you. So stop doubting your intuition. All right. Thanks, y'all. Message me if you have any comments on this episode. It's at Hope, I'm sorry, at Coach Hope Cook. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I would also love it if you would leave a review on Apple iTunes. That helps me reach more people. So please do it. And lastly, if you want more of what you heard today, you can go on over to my website at hopethepa.com. And I have created this little amazing free ebook called Your Guide to Hacking the Life Machine. And you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. It has lots of yummy things in it. All right, y'all take care and I will see you next week.